When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Three! Red, red, red! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! In rapid fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 Dragon Smoke. It's Hot Routes on Purple Daily. 580! 397! Indeed it is Hot Routes from the TCL Broadcast Studios on Purple Daily. The only difference today is that I envision collars probably set up in front of a computer somewhere watching the 1978 Dan Pastorini-led <laughs> Oilers against the Bradshaw-led 1978 Pittsburgh Steelers. So answering the questions today will be yours truly, Judd Zolgad, Chad Graff of The Athletic, and the man with the questions, the hard-hitting Hot Routes questions that you've so become used to, a segment that has taken off the most popular probably in the United States, if not Canada as well, and maybe Europe, Hot Routes. Jonathan Harrison, our producer, will be asking the questions. I think that's safe to say it's the most popular segment in the world. Maybe the galaxy? Um. Yeah, no, I hear there's a great... I hear uh, I hear on Mars there's a really good show. I don't think it competes with Hot Routes, though. Uh, I've just heard... I've heard stuff, okay? Okay. I've just oh. heard stuff. I'm not going to... I'm just not going to, to assume Pluto also, I hear. Yeah, really but they good. don't have... Pluto's it. got good content. They don't have it. This balls, 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 yeah. balls. Green eighteen, green eighteen, ten. Hey. ESPN. Martians don't have them, huh? No, <laughs> no, they don't. Okay, well then that's not their fault. <laughs> Just how God made them, as opposed to us. Yeah. Anatomy one one. You didn't think you'd learn it today. Thanks, ESPN thanks had Brett. Its- <laughs> thanks, Brett Favre and Jonathan Harrison. ESPN had its experts look ahead and predict who the best defensive player will be in 2022. I don't really care to look that far ahead, boys, so I want you to tell me how you would rank the three best defensive players in the league right now. Chad Graff, go go ahead. And by the way, Jonathan, thank you. Thank you for not saying anything like, who are going to be yes. the best three Vikings in 2022? <laughs> I, I'm, we did that yesterday. Okay, good. That's <laughs> the, fine. They can do that. Courtney and Matthew can do that. The story of the best defensive players in 2022 sounds like a horrible one. That's I, when you know the offseason has gone on yes. for too long. It is officially middle of July when that story comes That's out. That's the assignment that, that if you're Courtney Cronin and you cover the Vikings for ESPN.com, you look at that question you're like, really? <laughs> like 2022? Yeah. Submit. I'm off. Uh, as for the three best defensive players in the week so that we don't have to talk anymore about defensive players in 2022, two of these are obvious. 
Two of these should be on your list, All Jed right. Zolgad. All right. Aaron Donald should be on your list. Khalil yep. Mack should be on your list. The third is where it gets interesting. Yep. You could have J.J. Watt. You could have Chris Jones. You could have Bobby Wagner. Yep. I, though, don't have any of them. I have linebacker Luke Kuechly with the Carolina Panthers, a tackle machine, a guy who can disrupt plays both uh, in the run and the pass. I would make him the third best defensive player in the NFL. I am in complete agreement on Donald and Mack. They're, yep. they're musts. You have to be. They're yeah. absolute musts. My third, you mentioned him, but he, he was not your guy. Bobby Wagner, linebacker, Seattle Seahawks. Fantastic player. But this is always such a moving thing. Like defense, this moves so much. But mine would go, uh, I would go Donald Mac Wagner. And and yes, Donald, you could make a case that if you were to start a team, just start a team completely. Now, I, I think you take a quarterback just because they become so important. But there might be a t- Zim might take Donald. Oh, absolutely. Like if you gave Mike an expan <laughs> if you gave Zim an expansion team today and are like, you know what, Mike, you're doing the grocery shopping, you're my GM, you're my head coach, you're my everything, Mike Zimmer, I think you'd be like, Okay, then I'm taking Aaron Donald. I like that as a hot routes question in the future. Just having Mike Zimmer g- give him a pick, like number eight, and just have the draft board fall and see where Mike Zimmer, whoever the best defensive player is, that's who, you know who Mike Zimmer's taking. You know who his QB would be, and I'm not joking. Teddy Bridgewater. Yes. Yeah. Oh, of yeah, course. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he would find a doctor who would be like, this kid's going to be fine. <laughs> this kid's leg is it completely fine. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, great. this might be the most predictable guy. Yep. Now, f- football people are ordinarily predictable, but this might be the most predictable guy that there is. That'd be great. <laughs> Mine's Donald Mack, and then I agree with Chad. Luke, he's basically everything that runs the the Carolina defense, He's and he's outstanding at what he does. So, next question. Sounds like Tecmo Super Bowl. It does a little bit. That was John Elway there. Okay. Uh, We always see a surprise team come up and win a division every year. So, boys, who's your surprise team that will rise up and win their division this season? Now, I didn't know exactly how how to interpret this question as far as surprise went because my first thought, and I'm going to tell you that I dismissed this thought because it seemed boring to me. My first thought was the Falcons. Yeah. Seven and nine last year. Mine was that too. The Saints could come back. But then I got sort of bored with that. I'm like, but that, that. Does not take as far like to say balls, balls, balls. That's like the Falcons have <laughs> come up before. Routes. This We're is not here messing around. Yeah, we go oh, on takes. or we go on the ledge and jump off. So I'm going to give you a hot take. I'm going to go with a four and twelve team from last year who lost their quarterback early. Oh, you're taking my team, the 49ers. Yep. I'm going to give you. I don't. I think Garoppolo might be really good. I don't believe that Shanahan is a, a bust as a coach, and I, I might be wrong Agreed. there. But there's enough there, and the and the excitement that we had going into 2018 with the 49ers definitely just all got blown up. But I'm not sure it's smart now to come back in 2019 and dismiss that as, oh, just being wrong. So I am going to go with a hot take instead of the the lukewarm, cautious take and say the 4-12 and 49ers will win as the Rams and Seahawks fall back a little bit. I don't know if I believe it, but it's a good hot take. That is a very hot take. I had a similar thought in which I thought, well, following Luke Keekley and Cam Newton, I was going to go with the Carolina Panthers. I think that the Saints are still very good, but I think that Newton still has a shot to put together a very good season, and the Carolina Panthers could win the division. But... Similar to you, this is not lukewarm routes. This is hot routes. So I went with one that I think might be as hot of a take as yours, in which I took 
as a dark horse candidate to win the division, the Cincinnati Bengals. Ooh. I think oh, yeah. that the Steelers are oh, going yeah. to come down. I think that the Ravens are not nearly what people think. Their defense is not going to be as good. They lost pieces. I think that Lamar Jackson is not a very good quarterback. And then the last team that division is the Cleveland Browns, and everybody's excited. Baker Mayfield is great. Odell Beckham Jr. is outstanding. There is the possibility that that blows up in Cleveland's face. I agree Let's not that. forget, it is still Cleveland. I agree with you on this. And the Cincinnati Bengals have a new young coach, Sean McVay's understudy. I'm not ready to count out the Cincinnati the Bengals. Yes, yes, One of did. his 70 under, understudies. <laughs> They once hung out at a really cool nightclub. <laughs> they did, and so uh, I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals Give as an a dark horse sound. candidate I need I to win the division. I need an explosion. One. Wow, okay. Uh, I don't you know where that it? is. No. I don't know where that is. I, <laughs> I don't know where that is. It. <laughs> it's probably on Daily Sounder, Mackie and Judd Bumpers. I wasn't ready for that one. I th- I agree with Judd here, the 49ers. I think they could surprise. I don't think the Rams will be as good as they were last year. There's something weird going on in Seattle, it feels like. It feels like that run has come to an end finally. I know they paid Russell Wilson all the money that they ever had. So I think the 49ers, if Jimmy G can stay healthy, I believe Kyle Shanahan could do something there in San Francisco and make and help them win a division there. Judge, you find it? No. Nah, go ahead. We'll just go with <laughs> it's this. Too balls, balls, balls. It's too late balls, now. Balls, balls, balls. It's too late now. Balls, green 18! Green 18, 10! This one might take some more time, and I, I realize that putting this together, so if we want to alter the question, we totally can on the fly. No, I actually worked ESPN on it. ESPN picked their best <laughs> no, offensive. we're not altering it. I, I did work on this. ESPN. I was mad when I got it, too. <laughs> ESPN picked their best offensive groups. Boys, I'm putting you in the GM chair here. Let me fix the music quick. Let me put you in the GM chair here. Better. I want you to pick an offensive coordinator. Can be anybody in the league. Can be Sean McVay. Can be doesn't have to be a current sitting offensive coordinator. Just can be anybody in the league. I want you to pick a coordinator, a quarterback group, a running back group, a lo- an O line group, and a wide receiver slash tight end group to build your perfect offense. Chad, well, I'll lead off. I discounted Sean McVay, contrary to what you just said there, because he is a head coach and, and so I. high I route said coordinator. So I, I went only thank OC. You. Okay. Yeah. I went Josh McDaniels, Tom Brady's right hand man for a number of years. Wasn't so successful as a head coach, but something. I mean, he's got to have learned something with Bill Belichick and and Tom Brady. And he's so, a good OC. A good OC. So I'll take him as my OC. I'll try to keep things moving a little bit. The quarterbacks one was fascinating to me. I think the obvious answer is to take the Chiefs' quarterback group, even though you're stuck with Chad Henney as your backup. You got Patrick Mahomes. You can't go wrong with that. But I did not do that. This is hot routes. I went with depth, and I took the New Orleans Saints quarterbacks. You took mine. I, I get Drew Brees. No, thanks, yep. Mike Zimmer. I get Mike no, Zimmer's yeah, guy, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, thanks, Mike. <laughs> I, get, I hope Mike's listening now. You're going to get an exclusive. <laughs> His camp's going to be great. And I get Taysom Hill coming out of the backfield. I, I'm riding with my depth. I'm riding with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Brees. Those are my quarterbacks. And perhaps this outlines why the Panthers' task toward winning the division is so tough. I'm also sticking with the Saints' running back group. I get Latavius Murray as the backup, another former Viking, but I also get Alvin Kamara, awesome running back, fun to watch, can catch the ball, can run it. Really fun there. Uh, Wide receiver group. Thought about the Vikings, not enough depth there. Also thought about the Falcons, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Mohamed Sanu, but... I went with the Cleveland Browns, a team I never thought I'd be taking their skill wow. positions. I'm taking Odell Beckham Jr. Yep. Give me the star power. Uh, Jarvis Landry, another good wide receiver. I will take that wide receiver group any day. They've got Njoku at tight end. Fine, I'll take that as well. 
Uh, and then lastly, the offensive line. Obviously, I'm not choosing Minnesota. The Cowboys have long been the answer here as the best offensive line, but I went with one of their division rivals. I went with the Philadelphia Eagles. That's mine, yes. Not only do they have a very good offensive line right now, Jason Peters, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, they also drafted the offensive lineman that I thought the Vikings should have drafted or at least considered Andre Dillard. Uh, a tackle who would be starting on almost any NFL team except for the Philadelphia Eagles. They have depth. I'm taking the Eagles offensive line. All right. I will start off with a coordinator, same one as Chad Graff. Josh McDaniels, he's had success there. He was not a good head coach, but you know what? I don't need him as my head coach. According to the question from Jonathan Harrison on Hot Routes, <laughs> I'm looking at an OC, and I interpret it as literally to be an OC, not a guy who has ascended to head coach. So I did not go with McVay. I did not go with his friend in Cincinnati. I did not go with his friend in Green Bay. I did not go with his friend anywhere else. I went with Josh McDaniels. The quarterback room, I simplified this, though. I don't care, because if this guy gets hurt, I'm dead. I'm going with Brady. Brady. McDaniel's Brady. Yeah. And you know like what? Yeah. You know what? That's if good. he gets hurt, it's over. But he often does not get hurt. Um, Jonathan s- and I will be riding with Teddy Bridgewater when I start. Yes, you will be. Or struggles because he's old <laughs> and small. All right. Uh, my running back group, I'm staying in the same place. Sony Michelle and the Patriots. Mm. The Patriots always maximize these guys. They're, they are, again, I can't figure out how they do it, and copying it is dangerous. But think about the success that the Patriots get. They just bring guys in and out, and they they rotate them, and they the guy leaves, guy comes in, and they still have success. So, so far, yes, I'm three for three all Patriots. <laughs> I change it up here. I agree with Chad Graff. And personally, because I did a Google search, the same one that you did for your update, Jonathan Harrison, and found mm-hmm. the PFF has the Eagles offensive line going into training camp, the top-ranked uh, offensive line in the league. And so I went with Philadelphia for the offensive line group. And now we get to the last one. And the question was wide receiver slash tight end group. So I went back and forth and looked, and it doesn't look like there's a lot of teams that are strong at receiver that are great at tight end, and some teams that are certainly very good at tight end have some suspect wide receivers in their group. So I stayed right here. I went Vikings. Wow. I dismissed Treadwell as necessary. (laughs) I went Diggs. I went Thielen. I went Irv Smith Jr., and Kyle Rudolph as my tight ends. And if this works, because if this works, the Vikings are, are in good shape. And Collar did a big piece a couple weeks or a month back, basically saying Kubiak does not like to use his third receiver that much. Thus, why there's not that much concern about Treadwell or who wins that job. But he obviously loves two tight end sets. So I stayed right here. Wow. The Homer, Josh McDaniels the Homer, is your offensive coordinator, and you're giving him as a third wide receiver. The Homer, Chad Beebe or Hol- Brandon Zilstra? Yeah, think about it. These are guys that the Patriots love. They love I mean, guys like this. That, that These part are, is true. Chad right. Beebe is, by, <laughs> definition, by definition, he's got Pat the Patriot on his helmet. So uh, being the the raging homer of a Viking fan that I've been for Look so many you. years now, being the guy who you come to when you want to hear the ro- the purple-colored glasses put on, I'm going Vikings for the last Give part. me a Joe Buck disgusting there. <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> That's a disgusting act. Well, Chad, I agree with you on the quarterback group. Breeze and Teddy, just you have, you have right now, you have one of <laughs> the better Taysom quarterbacks Hill. in the league. And Taysom Hill, you've got the wild card there. And you've got in the future with Teddy. So that quarterback group is set. 
for the running back, I differed from you guys a little bit. I went the 49ers. You look what they have in the backfield. You've got Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman, and Jarek McKinnon, who are just like three guys who can do very different things this is a good one, yeah. across yeah. the entire backfield. Like you can set them out wide. And then you got the fullback, Kyle Juszczyk. I think that's how you say his last name. Good I have enough. no idea. You said it quick. But, yeah, say it quick. You got through it quick. It. You yeah. got it right quick. He's a fullback who can block and come out and catch the ball as well. You've got a set group there at the running back fullback position. For the wide receiver group, I couldn't decide whether I like the Browns or the Vikings. And I think, Judd, you just convinced me to go with the Vikings. Wow. How about that? Look yeah. at this room. Purple Daily is awfully purple, purple today. Purple, purple but Daily. But for my offensive line, I differed from you guys. I saw, I went through the rankings on PFF. I saw the Cowboys, the Eagles. They were up there. I didn't want either of those two. So I went with number five on that list. Indianapolis Colts. They protect Andrew Ooh. Luck, and they did a really good job of it last year. It was a group that rose up from kind of being a not-so-good group over the past couple of years, and they've got two young guys who they drafted in the pre or in last year's draft, I like the youngness. I like the core that they have there. All I gotta say, Chad Graf, is get on board. <laughs> <laughs> why, why aren't you on board? Why aren't you as excited as Jonathan Harris and I are about to start a training camp when we can go on our Helga horns and sit in the scorching hot Egan stands and watch guys run nine rounds? Judd and Jonathan, so excited to watch the best wide receiver tight end grouping in the entire NFL, even though their third wide receiver has maybe like 12 career catches. Tell me that Brandon Zilstra and That's Chad Beebe, the- tell me that they're not Patriots. <laughs> with Tom Brady rolling tell- them the ball. Tell me they're not Patriots. Patriots. This is why I went with the uh, Saints quarterback group because I can have I can just have Taysom Hill just line up as a wide receiver. All right, all right yeah. And like there's it. my third wide receiver. He's also the quarter <laughs> the third quarterback. I'm set. All right, next one up. Street, red, 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 Polly, blue poncho. I love blue poncho. <laughs> this whole bit's outstanding. Oh, it's really good. It's one of the great inventions in this station's history, going back to the ESPN days. Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Julio Jones said he's not going to hold out for a new contract, stating Arthur Blank gave us his word. I'm assuming that was just an, a promise. We'll pay you, buddy. Yep. Two questions here. One, would you ever trust a sports owner to un, or to honor an unwritten promise? <laughs> I can answer that one really quickly. And oh, I think the laughter here suffices yes. that answer. Yes. So wait, then, wait, 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 wait for it. <laughs> That's why I had a second question here. I want you guys to rank the three most trustworthy slash player friendly owners in the league. I actually went back and forth. I thought this was a little bit tough. I thought that New England and Robert Kraft was probably the easiest one. That was my number one. Yep. I don't know that. Th- I mean, this is this is tough because you're ranking the most trustworthy owners, and uh, and that's a difficult thing to do. But I went Robert Kraft one. I went. Jeffrey Lurie in Philadelphia, two. Okay. Uh, a guy who's well respected and liked a lot by his players. And three, this might just be because he made hot dogs and beer cheap. I'm actually sticking with Arthur Blank and, and the Falcons. I, I think that Julio Jones is crazy to trust this. But if Arthur Blank, if, if Arthur Blank like that one. can find a way to, to sell beers for like $4, yeah, I'm in. I'm going with Arthur Blank. All right. My three, I, I agree on one completely with uh, Chad Graff here. Robert Kraft has to be, right? Like he's done, he ba- and he's smart because he's got a great thing going and he's trying not to screw th- things up. Now, 
things did seem to get a little bit sideways a couple years back between uh, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, and it got a little uncomfortable. But I think Robert Kraft has done a very good job of keeping everybody as happy as possible. So he's definitely on my list. This man passed away, but before he passed away, and his team still does a great job with players, Paul Allen and the Seahawks. That's a good one. The Seahawks are, and they do a lot. They do a lot to to, um, harbor a culture that really works. And Pete Carroll has worked. So the Seattle Seahawks are on my list. And then for my last one, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Ziggy Will. Look, look at Ziggy. Two weeks from training camp, and Judd's... Look at Ziggy. Well, this first of all, is absurd. I'm angling for the exclusive. Oh, my God. I cannot wait to read this story. I'm angling for the exclusive. <laughs> from Ziggy Will's private jet. Hey, I've been on it before. It's nice. I feel like the I don't even cuts were del- know this Judd who's across the cold from cuts me. were delicious. <laughs> anyway, if you look at what he's done with players, as far as paying players, being proactive in signing players... They've got the stadium. They've got the uh, practice facility in Egan. They actually do a lot to keep people happy. So that's right. I'm going to be a homer again. I'm going with Ziggy Wells. Ziggy and Mark, great job out in Egan, boys. Those are good points, but are you feeling okay? Like, I'm starting to get worried about you. Are you all right, Jed? (laughs) You know, I don't feel that great today. (laughs) I think it was the pizza I I ate last night. And I don't think it was the pizza's fault. I think it was one too many pieces. You know that sort of lethargic feel that, that you get after too much pizza. I think that's my problem. But anyway, it's benefiting the Vikings right now, so don't ask any questions. <laughs> They're going to be sending pizzas over to the Score North studio every day from now on. It'll be Bagley. He'll deliver <laughs> yeah. them personally. We really like what you're saying about us. Keep it up. Yeah. Uh, I got Robert Kraft on mine. I mean, he's done a great job of getting that organization to be successful for the past 20 years. I'm, ag- I'm going to agree with Chad here. Arthur Blank, I've seen what he does with the Falcons, I've seen what he does with the Atlanta United of MLS and how he's just willing to shell out money. So I kind of actually believe him that he is willing, he's going to pay Julio Jones just because I've seen the amount of money he's spent in MLS. I assume that's going to transfer over to the more profitable organization in the Falcons. And then I'm going to go with, I'm going to agree with you, Judd, Paul Allen of the Seahawks before he died. He, that they organization, I, I know I just said that something seems amiss there. Something seems to be coming to an end with that with that run that they had, but they've done a great job of doing well by the players, except mm-hmm. for their safety. Yeah, but that was, that was, one time. That was and he was getting older, too. And yeah. All right, last one. Last one. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! More Brett Favre, because he can never have enough. This is true. Madden, the video game, is unveiling something called Club 99. It's basically just a promotional tease as we count down the days until the game is released. And it's an announcement of the four players in the game who have a 99 overall rating. If you don't know Madden, that's the best overall rating you can get in the game. It just means you're one of the better players, if not the best player in the game. Aaron Donald was the first member of the club. There's four players total. Three have yet to be announced. Boys, I don't care about the other three. I want you to tell me... (laughs) Who's the one Viking who's going to be 99 overall rated? This is really tough now. This a is year, incredibly a tough. A year ago, well, I'm going to give you the same answer that I would a year ago, but I don't think it's true. It's true now, but I'll still stick with it. Harrison Smith. Yep. But a year ago, I think he would have made this list. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not so sure. And it's not, you know what, the team didn't play as well. I still think he's a very good player. Um, so my honest assessment is I don't think that they would have a player but if there was one, I'm hard-pressed, besides Harrison Smith, to think of a person. You, you? Would be. You have almost exactly the thought process I did. I first wrote, 
Harrison Smith, but 30, question mark, question mark, as he continues to get older. I looked it up. He was 97 the year before. I don't think he's ever going to replicate the season that he had, not because he's not a good player, but just because that was an astronomical season. Then I put no one, question mark, because I just don't see that happening. If If I have to pick a player... I'll take Daniil Hunter if you know, he's pick. still just 24 years old. Let's not forget. It, there's the potential that um, I think that, that he could really get yeah, that. I don't, I don't think it's a likely outcome, but if I got to pick someone, I'll take Daniil Hunter. That was my idea of Daniil Hunter because he has the best opportunity or the best potential to become that player. He has the potential, as we've already seen, and as Chad said, he's 24. The kid's so young That's in his crazy. career. <laughs> who are the four then? It'll be Donald and they who? haven't announced the other three. Right, no, Khalil Mack. No, but who? I imagine guess. Khalil Mack's up there. Khalil. Tom Brady. What, Declan? Mahomes. Oh, Mahomes. Mahomes and Brady. Maybe. Maybe. I don't I mean, know Mahomes if he can get there the yet. Cover, so. Yeah, that's true. That's but I don't know if they'd make him ninety-nine overall rated in his third year. Yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know enough about these games. Yeah, I'm sticking with Brady. Would take that that leap. Brady might be up there. What's he forty-one now? <laughs> It's unbelievable. You like that? You like that? All I know, Ziggy Wilf does a great job. <laughs> Ziggy Wilf does a great job. The Viking receiving <laughs> core and tight end core is darn near without any issues at all. <clears throat> I'm going to uh, go take some drugs <laughs> or try and detox, and we'll come back say, after this. Purple it? Daily, Zolgad, uh, Chad Graff, Jonathan Harrison, score north on 50. 50- X Games Minneapolis returns to U.S. Bank Stadium August 1st through the 4th, featuring four days of the world's best action sports, music, and festival experience. Don't miss the greatest action sports athletes on the planet and musical performances from Incubus, POS, the Wu-Tang Clan, and more. Tickets and more information at xgames.com tickets. And Minnesota United takes on FC Dallas this Saturday evening at Allianz Field. Join me and Dan Terhar beginning at 6.30 p.m. with kickoff at 7 p.m. right here on Score North, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app. <laughs> Purple Daily on the all-new Score North on 1500. Don't forget, download our mobile app. You can do so at Apple and Android. We're in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Uh, Matt Collar out today. He'll be back tomorrow with Courtney Cronin. Today it is Zolgad and Chad Graff for uh, the last half hour of the show. Jonathan Harrison producing. All right, Chad Graff, you have a uh, conversation topic for us to tackle regarding the head coach of the Vikings, Mike Zimmer. Why don't you tell us what that is? So Mike Zimmer, as you mentioned earlier, is entering an incredibly important season, I think both for him and the Vikings. We've talked a little bit about how the team has gone up and down. Great season, bad season, great season, bad season. Uh, How he handles that this season is going to be fascinating. He's now 63 years old. He has everything set up the way that he wanted. So now that he has had uh, years in the NFL and established himself a bit as a head coach, I thought it would be interesting in part because it's mid-July, but also because of the importance of this season to look at where Mike Zimmer falls on a list of NFL coaches you'd like to have. So the question being, which NFL coaches would you rather have than Mike Zimmer and who is just below him? And Uh, I feel like had I known how high you were on the Vikings, uh, perhaps I would have picked a different question, Mr. What are you talking about? (laughs) I'm not quite sure what you're talking about. I can't wait to see you at the first preseason game, hands above your head, skull entering the fourth quarter. You like that? I don't know. I have no idea what you're talking about today. But I am high on Mike Zimmer. I think he's a good coach, and I think that this list will reflect that. So I'll start with coaches 
that I think there's about six coaches that are no-brainers, better than Mike Zimmer, great NFL head coaches. Okay. Obviously, one is Bill Belichick. Don't even need to discuss it. New England Patriots, better than everybody. Two, Sean Payton, New Orleans Saints, very good coach, done it for a long time, proven uh, a guy who Mike Zimmer used to work with, still buddies with. I'll take Sean Payton any day of the week. Okay. Three, different side than Sean Payton, still an offensive coach, but this time the young and upcomer, Sean McVay from Los Angeles, uh, the guy who anybody has a beer with, they suddenly get a coaching job. We talked about the Bengals. Zach Taylor spends a season as a passing game coordinator, and now he's an NFL head coach. That is the kind of Packers sway right now that Sean McVay has. So he's on the list, even though Bill Belichick took him to school in the Super Bowl. Absolutely. After that, Pete Carroll, Seattle Seahawks. We talked a, a bit about the Seahawks. Old school and, guy and as well that, now. An old school guy, uh, but still a guy who, if I'm looking for a coach, I'll take him any day of the week. After that, another sort of old school guy, John Harbaugh, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, a coach who I think does a lot of things the right way. I think a coach who got a ton out of a Ravens team that didn't have a lot last season. The fact that they were even remotely into a playoff game last year with Lamar Jackson and, and, and the he's quarterback been there situation that they had. He's been there forever. He's, he 2008? Was it 2008? Yeah, going back. He's been there a long, long time now. So I'll take him. Okay. And then another guy who has been there for a long, long time, multiple teams, uh, hasn't sort of gotten over the biggest of humps yet, but Andy Reid. Uh, I think that he has, and I know really? that the fourth quarter doesn't always go I know, quite as planned. No, I totally get what you're saying, but doesn't the lack of playoff success at some point in time scare you away? I like him. Listen, and and you know what? To his credit, offensively, he's really adapted. He's done a lot of good things, but man, that's just such a long line of no Super Bowls. Yes, and I know that that's true in this town as well. There are so. only two Super Bowl winners, I believe, below him, guys that I... I yeah. I have lower than that, but Andy Reid has done it with a number of different You're quarterbacks. Right. You're right. The way that he's been able to take Patrick Mahomes and turn him into the MVP in his early 20s, I think it's got to happen for Andy Reid at some point. I don't he's know. He's still innovative. He's still creative. I don't know. I, so much points toward no because of the way things have gone, but I just... I still think Andy Reid is going to win a Super Bowl, save his life. and I might be insane. Maybe he's going to have to be up three touchdowns in the fourth quarter to win said Super Bowl, <laughs> but I do think that he's going to get there. I don't think it'll be this season, but it's he's too good of a coach for it not to happen. I, I just don't know. It's got to happen. After that... I don't know about that. <laughs> but I, that, I like him a lot, you, and, and what he's done with the Chiefs in adapting his style is really impressive. Would you, for next season... Mm-hmm. Take Andy Reid as your coach or Mike Zimmer as your coach? You know, okay, so I just want to get to the playoffs. That's the first goal. I probably would take Reid. I do like him a lot. I just don't know if there's going to be a there there when it comes to a Super Bowl title. But I would probably take Reid. Yeah, I probably would. Now, do, do I get what comes along? Coach. Do I get his t- current team as well and the well, quarterback? I, we or do I get him trying to, to do the schematics with Kirk Cousins, which I don't think he would want to do? <laughs> right. We would have to level the playing I would probably take field. Reed. To be fair, I would probably take Andy Reed. And after those coaches, I think that you can start to make a case for Mike Zimmer after any of those six coaches. I think that Mike Zimmer falls below those six. Yep. I still have two more coaches that I would take above Mike Zimmer, but okay. those six for sure. Then these two very different coaches. Uh, the first, Doug Peterson, Philadelphia Eagles, won a Super Bowl, 
had some struggles last season, still found a way to to get to the playoffs, to win a playoff game. He's yeah. done it with Nick Foles. They're now, you know, trusting everything into Carson Wentz, and we'll see how that goes. But beat Mike Zimmer the way that he did in the NFC Championship game. I think that you got to give the nod to Doug Peterson over Mike Zimmer. Okay. And then the last coach in the entire NFL that I have that I would rather have than Mike Zimmer, you mentioned him earlier. It's a little bit off the board. I might be trusting him a little bit too much after two disappointing seasons. Matt Patricia? Oh, wait, that's just one. (laughs) I'm going Kyle Shanahan, San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, that's a tough one. He still has a lot to prove, and... Even when he had Jimmy Garoppolo healthy, you know th- there have been some good parts and some bad parts. I think that he's incredibly innovative and does all of the things that you want a modern NFL coach to do. If you're molding an NFL coach, it looks like Sean McVay. It looks like Kyle Shanahan. He got a ton out of Kirk Cousins. I think that Kyle Shanahan is a very, very good coach, and I think it's right there, sort of neck and neck with Mike Zimmer, but I give a slight advantage to Kyle Shanahan over Mike Zimmer. So here's what's so intriguing about the exercise that you just did to me as well is it's not just the guy's names and like he's a great coach he's you know fantastic coach it's also the era that we're in and what their area right. of expertise is right there are like you very put, few defensive first coaches throw, on that list yeah if you throw Zimmer let's throw him into being 63 in 1985 right and give him a job I think we're all thinking oh hold on a second here. You know, CBS is focusing on the linebackers' eyes of the Vikings now, just like they do with Mike Singletary. Um, so I agree. What makes this so intriguing to me, and this this always gets back to my question of how long Mike is going to coach here, and when they might make a change for the sake of changing to the philosophy of this league. Shanahan to me. I'm intrigued by him, but I'm largely intrigued by him because of the era of football that we're in. Yes, if for this sure. is 1995, I'm like he's. Yes. I don't know. He might be an okay coach, but now you say, but he's got, but he knows he's got the potential secret sauce that the McVeighs have and Lafleur and all all the guys that were that went to lunch with McVeigh at one point. So the exercise gets really intriguing, not just based on the names, Chad, but it gets intriguing based on what these guys know. And and as great as Mike's intentions might be, his coaching style does it. Can you stop enough of these offenses and essentially the league's rules to win consistently now? And I don't know if the answer is yes or not. And I think that like if you get to the Super Bowl, you can, like right. Belichick did. Yeah. But you got to get there. You can't miss the playoffs like the Vikings did in 2018. And I think there's definitely value in zigging while other teams are zagging and, and the Vikings going all in sort of on defense while everybody else is going the opposite direction. I think that there is value in doing things like that. However, if the Vikings struggle, and we've talked about what might happen if they do and if they miss the playoffs for a second straight year, and if suddenly they're looking for a new coach, I think that you'd have every inclination that they would do the same thing that the Packers did, that the 49ers did, that the Bengals did. You go Who's find not doing it. Uh, I'm trying to think of the Denver the Broncos hiring Vic Fangio yeah, for the Bears, is, and, and that's yeah. about it. Um, You're right. But that, that, I think, is the only one that comes to mind. Now, let me read you a few more names okay. that I think Mike Zimmer, I, I would rather have Mike Zimmer than these guys, but. Some of them have won a little bit more in the playoffs than Mike Zimmer has, and I think that it's at least worthy of discussion. The first one being an interesting guy who I think has had his 
legacy tarnished a little bit over the last couple of years, or at least, um, you know, his, his ability question a little bit. And that is Mike Tomlin from the Steelers for a while. It seemed very good coach. And then things have gone completely awry the last couple of years. He's been there too long too. Sure. The Steelers don't fire people. And, and with Chuck Knoll that worked because it was, the era was completely different with Bill Cowher that worked but again, I'll go back to Cowher pulled the plug on himself and the era was different. I think if Tomlin went elsewhere now, there could be success there. I just I'm a firm believer in 2019 Chad Graf in shelf lives. And I think that Tomlin's strengths, they he basically his players know too much about him by this point and probably the same thing. So I like Mike a lot. And Mike is when when Mike took the DC job here under Brad for the one year. I think he was like 36, and it was super impressive. But, yes, if you took Mike now and gave him a different job, I'd be intrigued because I think he would be effective again. I just think right. he's been in Pittsburgh too long. So if you're, say, the Jacksonville Jaguars or whatever mm-hmm. made-up team looking for a new coach, yes. you would hire Mike Tomlin before hiring Mike Zimmer? Probably now, yes. Yeah. Yes, I probably would. Let, let me read you a few more names and just if, see if any of these do anything for you. Mm-hmm. Sean McDermott in Buffalo. Eh. No, uh, no. Anthony Wynn with the Chargers, sort of an underwhelming guy, but the Chargers have been good. And I don't know enough about him yet. Doesn't call plays on either end of things, kind of just a manager. That one I don't know. If if it was, if my finalists were McDermott and Zimmer, I take Zimmer. On Lynn, I don't know. Okay. Jason Garrett? No. Yeah. Zimmer. Agreed. Zimmer, no, no, no. And then the last two names that I got for you, Ron Rivera with the Panthers. Zimmer. And Dan Quinn with the Falcons. Which I think is a little bit that's more tougher. interesting. That's a that's a that's a discussion. And he's changing more of his focus Rivera, this season no. in the defense. Quinn, that's more of a discussion. I don't know. Has been to the Super Bowl. I have to think about that. Granted, that was with Shanahan calling plays, and of course things didn't turn out quite as they expected when they had a 25-point lead, but still to have a 25-point lead on Tom Brady and the Patriots in the Super Bowl, sure. you gotta be doing something right, even if you didn't close out the job. So Uh, To round things up, I had Belichick, Sean Payton, Sean McVay, Pete Carroll, John Harbaugh, Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, and Kyle Shanahan as the only coaches that I would take ahead of Mike Zimmer. So if you you ran a team and you came down to two finalists being um, Quinn and Zim, which one do you take? Zim. Okay. I'm high on Zim. I I still, you know, Andy Reid maybe... (laughs) I told, this is an awfully purple purple daily a, yeah, today. Yeah, this is a July purple da- daily for the books as far as <laughs> the homerism, the active, the active Viking cheerleading that's going on in the studio right now. Really out of control. Best wide receivers, best tight ends, best, best owners, best head coach. one of a top ten head coach. Lombardi or Zimmer? Zimmer. <laughs> Belichick or Zimmer? Zimmer. <laughs> what an afternoon this has been. Yeah, the Lynn one is interesting because I might take Lynn. I don't know. Bill O'Brien, I can't remember if I brought him up or Zimmer. not. Yeah, I'm not a big, I'm not a big Bill O'Brien guy. Any of the former Belichick guys, it is astounding to me. I, don't I like will him. forever be baffled why it doesn't work out. I, it, there's just no reason you know so funny why that? it doesn't work out. You know what's so what's so interesting about that is to go back, and I believe this was the year McDaniel's got hired. And if you go back and look, there, there was very much the same trend that we're going through right now with young guys being hired as head coaches there. And Belichick, who does not talk at the combine, rarely, rarely does, does not do, do the old. Hey, Bill Belichick's on the right. on podium you know, six. The podium, yeah, the podium at two thirty. He doesn't do it. It was the last day that I was at the combine that year, and I think McDaniel's had just been hired by Denver. And Belichick impromptu 
does a press conference. And of course, that involves not being asked questions, but him <laughs> dictating the terms of what he wants to talk about. And what he wanted to talk about, and it very much pertained to McDaniels, but it also pertained to the trend, was the fact that he was disappointed and didn't like the fact that all of these people who weren't prepared yet to be head coaches, much probably like him in Cleveland, right. were, were getting chances. And the one thing with Belichick is when he wants to talk and be articulate, the guy is yes, bordering on brilliant. Very good. So there's no, I mean, I know, I know he doesn't say much. And it's an act. He can at times. Like, you ask some obscure question about yes. punters in the 70s, and he'll give, he'll give you, you, you 5,000 amazing words. Exactly. So he called his own presser and went up to the podium and basically gave his thoughts on how this wasn't a good thing and how we were rushing these coaches and how they really should be position coaches or, or coordinators. And he went through this whole litany of reasons that made perfect sense like mm-hmm. it wasn't like this well there is the bitter old man get off my lawn guy he was going through exactly what he thought and why and it pertained very much to to mcdaniels and i think he was mad that mcdaniels had been taken right but i think he was more upset that a very that a coordinator that he liked had been taken from him to fail and he was certain that mcdaniels was going to fail and ultimately he was exactly right and i think he's fair it just gets back to what we talked about earlier with when you have an opening almost every team just wants to go find the young next offensive coach and if it doesn't work out in 3 years we'll begin the process again and we'll go find the next new offensive young mind that we think is going to be with us for 20 years and be our Sean McVay and you just sort of continue that cycle until you hit on someone and it's probably in Bill Belichick's eyes unfair to those coordinators since he was at one time one of those young minds so back to to the discussion of your list and zimmer's strengths as a coach and what he brings i've never asked you this before but it it occurred to me as you were going through that and i believe that you mentioned during the course of the show at some point earlier that after those first four games of last year and certainly they started to struggle they started struggling defensively in the saints playoff game that he sort of had to tweak things how much ultimately should we bring back fault on him for 2018 for those forced first four games? And, you know, the Rams game is an example of a game where if you're a great defensive coach, you go in and shut them down. And Cousins has to be good, which I think he was, he was in that game. He was very good in that he, game. But he doesn't have to be great. Like, the plan was, the plan, as difficult as this is to believe now, was never for Cousins to be great. It was for him to be good and a better, a better Keenum. That was it. So how much do we go back to those first four games and say, Mike, that's on you. Like your you are your sole responsibility is to win games defensively and get the most that you can from your offense, playing in an era now where where the majority of teams operate in the reverse, which is offense is going to win, defense is going to hold. The Vikings much more so, and that Rams game is a perfect example of this. No, you have to go into Green Bay in week two to the Rams in, what, week four, is that right? Yeah, or and, five. Or five. And you have to have your defense prepared to win that game, and then your offense has to be good enough to score enough points that when you've held said team to, let's say, 17 points, you score 22. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that he's very much to blame for those first four games, but in saying that, I think that you also have to recognize the turnaround that existed after, I think a lot of us wondered 
whether he was just over the hill. When Sean McVay schooled him the way that he did in Los Angeles at the Coliseum, where it was basically half purple and there were Vikings fans everywhere, and it seemed like this was, I believe it was a Thursday night game, national TV. People were excited to see what Mike Zimmer's defense would do to Sean McVay's offense. And then the way that it got roasted, for them to rebound the way that they did, come back the next week, go to Philadelphia and win, and then the defense basically got back on track after that while the offense struggled. I think that he deserves credit for that. And the other thing that I would say was as bad as they were against the the defense was against the Packers and the Rams, the offense had the ball with a chance to win it. Kirk Cousins, you know, I guess did bring them down the field in Lambeau and then they missed the kick. And Kirk Cousins had the ball before the fumble against the Rams when they had a chance to at least force overtime. So they were still right there, even though I think Mike Zimmer does deserve some blame for those two losses. Take a break. Come back. Wrap things up on Purple Daily after this. Time for your Score North download. Bleacher Report seems to be asking a question that not many are. That question is, have the Vikings gone from overrated to underrated? Yeah, that's about as weird as that could sound. Here's what they're thinking is, the lack of buzz surrounding these Vikings is likely overcompensation after last year's faceplant. Plenty of pundits ended up with egg on their faces after picking up Minnesota or picking Minnesota <laughs> as a Super Bowl team. However, this team appears to be just as good as the one so many bought into a year ago, maybe even better. So your thoughts, you like fans. You like that! <laughs> are the Vikings underrated? Zim sure hopes the media thinks they are. So let us know at Score North on Twitter. That's your Score North download. Now back to Purple Daily. Um, uh, um, or, uh, um, and, um. Hi, Brad Childress. Um, you know, um, <laughs> uh, um, um, and, uh, you know, but, um. You like that! So their point, so Bleach Report's point ultimately is that they they might be the team that we expected in 2018 and 2019. Like that's a lot of open ended yeah. questions that they just sort of created there and didn't answer. Welcome to the off season, Judd. <laughs> you know, but have a hot take. Have a hot take. Be like me. You know what? I just praise the, the Vikings. Yep. I looked. For well, the no, hot not take you. Not you. I'm no, not. No, criti- I looked for the odd take in the article to post, yeah. and it's just like Bleach Report's like. There. Could no, they be good? Really yeah, there. they could. Could they be bad? Yeah, sure. They possibly could yeah. be bad. Yeah. yeah, not quite sure. You like that? You like that? Not here on Purple Daily. Though, I'm just proud. You know what I'm proud reigns. of? I'm just proud of the fact that we got through this entire show without a single segment on Kirk Cousins. Yeah, or the offensive line. You're right. Exactly right. All right, we're done. Zolgad, Chad Graff, Jonathan Harrison producing uh, Cronin and Collar, and tomorrow on Purple Daily, Mackie and Judd with Rami is next. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.